Hey. Hello. <laughs> hey, Nikki. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations with Kim and Louise, uh, Sans Kim. Uh, so just Kick-Ass Conversations with me this week uh, and our lovely, lovely guest, Nikki Starcat Shields. I'm so excited uh, to have you here today. We're going to have a fantastic conversation um, about all kinds of things, uh, but hopefully uh, our topic today is just really around, uh, you know, which direction do you go when you're at a crossroads? How do we figure out what the right thing to do is? There were air quotes there. for that. <laughs> um, But yeah, I want to start today off in uh, true kick-ass conversation fashion uh, with some celebrations. So Nikki, what are you celebrating this beautiful day? I am celebrating. So throughout my adult life, I've had like an on and off relationship with yoga, just like half a yoga. And I'm celebrating that I've recommitted and I've done yoga every single day since January 2nd. And, you know, here we are in April. So it's it's going great. (laughs) And I'm loving it. (laughs) Fantastic. What what changes have you noticed like outside of like your body feeling different? What changes have you noticed with that practice? Um core strength. That's one of the reasons, you know, that I'm working with the, the, the you know, menopausal age woman kind of good yeah. working with the core strength. So definitely that, but in a, in a bigger sense, I feel like, um, I can, um, I become calmer more quickly. Like I already meditate in the morning. So I have that kind of experience, but this brings it kind of more throughout the day to, to just be calm and yeah. let things be all right, even if they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that grounding practice, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we practice physically grounding in yoga, but then we get to kind of carry that throughout our day. Um, I love that. It's a beautiful practice. Thank you for sharing uh, your celebration. And that is an accomplishment for sure. Uh, any habit that we put into place, right? And when we can keep it up and keep going, um, that's fantastic. I love that. Uh Today I am celebrating, well, maybe not something that has happened um, this week, but I'm really looking forward to the weekend uh, today. Uh, I feel like I've been able to kind of put my nose kind of down a little bit, get some work done, knowing that um, I have a fantastic friend visiting from out of town this weekend, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, Kind of that uh, I'm hoping, hoping that spring is right around the corner here in Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. Um, and that with friends and family hanging out this weekend, um, it's going to just feel like I get this sense of renewal. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm leaning into celebrating, um, that I was able to set myself up and my life up too, that I'm able to have a really nice chunk of time this weekend to spend with my fan, family and friends. That sounds amazing. I'm in Maine in the U S and so I can totally empathize with that. Like, oh, everybody else further South has spring and we're kind of still like we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. I like to think of this time of year as that's just a mother nature just reminds us who's in charge of things. Right. Um, yes. so yeah, she is always. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Nikki, uh, so super excited to have you here. Um, I, I can't wait to hear about your career journey, um, and, and the scribble that gets you, that got you here to, to where you are. Um, when I, um, first connected, uh, with you online, um, and did a little bit of research into like, who is this Nikki person? Um, I absolutely just fell in love um, with your bio and how you're putting yourself out into the world. Um, and so let me share. 
um, with everyone else here. So Nikki Starcat Shields is a author, book midwife, which I love, and leader of transformational writing retreats. She is also a licensed pagan priestess. Nikki has five nonfiction books published so far and is currently writing a contemporary fantasy series. Oh, I can't wait to hear. She would love to help you give birth to your heart-centered book, whether it's a memoir, fiction, or self-help. Nikki specializes in bringing your unique voice, your expertise, your passions, your most cherished stories to the page in a way that will engage and delight your readers. She also guides you to write your book in a way that supports you and helps you focus on your true priorities. Nikki teaches people to be thriving artists, writing their heartfelt books while also nurturing themselves and their creative lives. Oh, just love that. Uh, Nikki's in Maine uh, and adores reading cats and spending time by the ocean. And when I first read that, I'm like, you enjoy reading cats? <laughs> or, and I'm like, oh, the power of the comma. <laughs> I read with cats. <laughs> oh, welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations, Nikki. Thank you so much. So tell our listeners a little bit about like, it's not like we as children dream about being book midwives. Um, and so uh, I know a little bit about your your career history, but tell me like, what's that crayon scribble look like for you? What, what's that been like your career? I feel like it's an interesting thing. It's very much a spiral, you know, like an upward, you know, upward facing spiral. I don't know. <laughs> but um, that little phrase in my bio thriving artist was created as an antidote to the idea of the starving artist. Mm, yeah, which is really pervasive. And when I was a little girl, I sort of came into this life loving stories already. I mean, my mom did read to me when I was very young. And I also just sort of started reading early and was into stories and wanted to be a writer. So wanted to be a writer when I was little. And as I grew, I um, was given lots of messages about that, right, that starving artist thing. And especially back then, this is, this was, um, so I'm in my early 50s. So, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, people would say, oh, it's really hard to break into that. You can't, it's really, you can't make a living being mm -hmm. an author unless you're you know, Stephen King, who <laughs> we know about here in Maine, right? But it's very rare. It's very hard. So you should pick something else. And so I was sort of cultivated toward something else that would, you know, make a living. And yeah. so I thought I would go in college and study journalism, because that involves writing. Now, it turned out that journalism has a lot of deadlines and a lot of pressure and stress, the things that my particular body is just not a fan <laughs> of. So, so I ended up studying broadcasting and going into public broadcasting. I was in public radio for many, many years, um, had a wonderful mentor. The people were great. You know, I really loved it in that sense. It was an ethical, you know, um, career to be in. And I was helping people and spreading information and all of that. And yet there was just part of me that was really drawn to writing. Also in college, I had taken a um, uh, creative writing course as an elective. And I, here I was this, you know... <laughs> I had met sort of a 
socially awkward but academically gifted kind of kid. I'm sure people can relate. You know, I'm used to getting A's and all of this sort of thing. And I I got these all these red marks on my stories. And this this professor who I think in retrospect was probably just really sick of of you know kids coming in and trying to ace this you know creative writing thing and think they're going to be a star um and so i felt really discouraged about writing especially fiction for from that experience um but gradually as time went on i wrote little bits for um newsletters this was like real actual mail them out in the mail newsletters back then right (laughs) um and particularly as i came into this realizing that i was a pagan so kind of realized that was a thing in college as well and wrote for a newsletter. And so as I got into my early 40s, I, I was just the muses were like tapping me on the shoulder, like, come on, come on, you got to do something with this. So um, my first book came out in my early 40s, and it was a collection of essays I'd written about being a pagan priestess oh, and yeah. living that way in a modern world yeah. and how that worked and that yeah. sort of thing. And so I loved the whole process of getting the book out there. I decided that was with a small publisher and I decided that um, I wanted to do self-publishing. There's quotes there because it's not just yourself. It's still with others. So independent, (laughs) I like to call it independent (laughs) publishing, right? So I wanted to have published other books that way. And um, as I went through all this process, I was um, helping friends who wanted to write books from time to time because they knew I had done it like okay what can you help me can you read this book and give me some feedback can you yeah. edit me da, 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 da. Yeah. and so um in 2018 a friend that I was helping said and she knew that I at that point was leaving public radio because I wanted to do my own thing and I was trying to set up a coaching um business and I was coaching around spirituality because I had had all that practice as a priestess and and wanted to implement that and it's very intangible right for people to um, say oh yeah I want to pay this coach because I want to have a better life or be in touch with my inner self or you know sort of intangible and she said how about if you helped people with their books you could be like a book midwife and she came up with that term and I was like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. And so um, that's I've been building this business since then. Um, and one of the, the other things I want to mention is, you know, the spiral of growth that we go through. A lot of the things that I, I could easily say and others could easily say, oh, that time in public radio was such a waste of time. You know, it took me off my path. Da, 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 da. But no, I use so many of the skills that I learned from that in my business now, like, for example, having this conversation live and just being comfortable <laughs> on the air, right? It's like radio. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. Or other examples might be, you know, just being in a leadership position, because I rose up in the public radio into leadership. Yeah. So there's so many things that we don't know will serve us later on. Yeah, you know, we think this is a sidetrack, or this is a dead end path. But really, I think it's, it's learning that we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, coach a lot of people around that belief of uh, when we pivot into something new or we do something completely different that we have to start over, right? I love your visual of this like, this spiral that goes up and up and up. And there's a thread that, that we take everything to this next level and that we don't really leave the things that we need behind. And we don't ever really start over from the beginning. We have our experiences and our life and our, our loves, our passions. We bring those forward uh, when we pivot into something new. Um, but it's that um, the intention part 
right when you're telling your story, I hear a lot of, uh, I knew that there was like that creative side in me. I knew that there was this writer and that we have to get through sometimes the stories that we mm-hmm. carry with us, right? The Those words that are from our culture or upbringing that we just aren't able to do what we really want because there's, there's no money in writing. We all know that. Um, except that there are hundreds, right, of people that make a living from from writing thousands, tens of thousands. And that it doesn't need to be the only piece. Like I'm making money from my books, but also I'm helping people and coaching them to, you know, there's a lot of pieces that can come together. Yeah, yeah, another um, little piece of it, or perhaps maybe this is like the secret of my book midwifery, is that when I'm helping people get in touch with their creativity and become thriving artists and write their book in a way that brings them joy rather than stress, it's I'm also doing that thing that I sort of set out to do in the middle there, which is like coaching you yeah. to find your spirituality because creativity and spirituality are very oh you know, yeah entwined. Yeah. And so I notice in my clients, yes, they're writing their manuscript, but they're also finding more time for their own interests and they're developing these new connections with other creative people and they're, you know, they're blossoming yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Just helping people reconnect with who they really are inside. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. That's what I hold dear to as a coach um, when we can help folks do that. So this, our, our topic today around kind of which direction do you go? I, I get this uh, clear picture in my head of those choose your own adventure books, oh, yeah. uh, right? From as a kid. Yeah. Um, and some folks love them and others do not. And, and, and often, right, in life, just like in those books, we're presented with these choices. And sometimes we can get really, really stuck in like, well, what's the right thing to do? What's this right next step? Do I go left or do I go right? So tell me a little bit around, you know, as you're coaching uh, your your authors, I bet this is something that comes up all the time. How do I write rightly? Mm-hmm. How do I write yeah, there's a lot of doubt, self-doubt. They're all of all writers, I guess all creative beings, which is everybody has this, <laughs> this seed of doubt that comes up. Um, I'd love to offer a tool that really that I use with clients and myself that really helps with this type of thing. And it can yeah. you can apply it to anything. So there's an author, a pagan author named Starhawk, who wrote the spiral dance um back way back in the day. And yeah. she came up with this concept, which I've kind of taken and kind of expanded out for use as a tool called the triple self. And it's somewhat like the psychological, you know, the ego, the id, the superego, but a little bit more uh, aimed towards spirituality and, and creativity. And it's the triple self is comprised of talking self, which is the part that is your waking consciousness that we're talking to one another with now. And that gives you your grocery list when you're in the shower, you know, the, the talking, <laughs> the brain. Um, it's also kind of the left brain. That's that's more my, I'm kind of adding on to like what she had for concept, but like that's your left brain. Um, for me, that resides in the area of the head. Then there's younger self. And if you had a rough childhood, and I, so I had a client who just did not identify with her younger self being a happy place at all, but she said she would call it the younger self for Carl Jung, because it's that like inner place of connection. The younger self loves 
um, things that touch the senses. So this is why if you're doing a ritual or you're in a church even, you know, this is why we have the incense and the beautiful music and the bouquets of flowers and the things that appeal to the senses. This is the younger self's realm. And that's kind of like your creative, your, your right brain creative flow space. Um, I kind of identify her as living around the heart area. And then there's deep self. And deep self is um, our connection with that, which is beyond the physical. It's our gut wisdom and our intuition. And, you know, when, when you just know something or when mm -hmm. you're given some kind of message or clue or sign. And so gut wisdom, you know, that, that lives in the abdomen area. Yeah. And the, the trick to this is that uh, talking self and deep self do not speak the same language. They cannot talk to one another directly, which is why we need the intermediary of younger self, which is why oh. a lot of times having, a, I, I encourage people not to just have a writing habit, but a writing ritual, mm -hmm. have a playlist that they play, have a certain favorite beverage, like a warm cup of tea or coffee, or just things that set the stage for younger self to be aligned. Right. And when we're aligned with that triple self, we can access the deep self's knowing. Because a lot of times when we're at a crossroads or we're doubting, we're trying to figure it out with, with talking self, mm -hmm. with our logical mind. And it, it just doesn't go anywhere. It kind of revs its engine and doesn't yeah. really get anywhere. Yeah. It's that overthinking things, you know, issue that all of us have. Yeah. Um, and so, but when you can get aligned and drop down to your deeper self, and I have a meditation that I take people through that literally you're like dropping your attention down through your body into your gut and then you can receive that that gut wisdom you'll oftentimes you know you know the right decision for you yeah yeah it's uh the the ability to turn off the voice uh, that dominates our lives yeah. our inner dialogue that is preventing us from moving forward and that there's so much knowledge that exists below the neck and we often don't have access to that. Uh, I love the idea that there's this conduit, there's this place here in our hearts that allow us to access a deeper wisdom that we all know we have, but yet we've almost trained ourselves not to rely on it. Mm. And it whispers, it tends to whisper, whereas the talking self is dialed up really loud. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard yeah. to, you know, I'm, I, I love to meditate and I, I kind of giggle when people say, oh, I can't meditate because I can't shut off that thinking. And actually that's not, I mean, that's not the way to get to meditation. It's not to shut it off. It's to kind of step back from it a bit. So mm -hmm. that's going to still be there. But if you can just turn it down a little bit. Yeah, and kind of think in and listen to those whispers. It'll still be there, but you're not so heavily identified with it that it, you know, drowns out everything else. Yeah. Um, so, how do folks, when you think about like, even though they access that information, trust is a big part of what we act on and what we don't act on. And how do we learn to kind of, even though we can feel it, or we we might sense the right direction to go or the right choice for us. How do we learn to trust ourselves? Mm. One of the things I've discovered in becoming a book midwife is that we think about writing or other creative pursuits like uh, painting, for example, as being very solo. You know, we go off to our studio or our office and we do our thing. But 
truly I've discovered that creative people thrive with other creative people in a room, whether virtual or, or actual, where you can bounce ideas around and discover that you're not so alone. And that helps you trust, I think, more. I'll give you an example. I run a weekly um, two-hour thing called the Parallel Playdate. And um, it just, we just, today actually is our um, third year anniversary of doing this weekly um, because I started it when the pandemic kind of came along and we couldn't be in actual rooms. So it's a virtual room, uh, two hour block. Um, People come in, uh, gather and say what they've brought to play with. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of times because I'm a book midwife, it's it's something that they're writing, but others have brought knitting projects or cooking or whatever, (laughs) you know, you're in your own home, you can do whatever. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so you say what you're going to do. And then I take people um, through a guided meditation to kind of center and drop down into that that knowing space. And they get some kind of message and they come back and, and I have a little two minute writing prompt just to kind of get the, the yeah. juices flowing. And then we share and the shares after we share, we go and kind of do our own thing and, and do it. And then we come back at the end and, and say how it went. But the shares are so rich because oftentimes like, I'll take them. OK, you're in a forest. A creature comes to you and gives you a message, da, 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 leave it blank, you know, so they can fill it in with their own wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And then they come back and then, you know, I haven't said what kind of a creature, but like maybe like three out of the six people have seen a deer. And then they could talk about, oh, okay, what that means to me is this and, and bounce ideas. And as you're doing that, you're gaining confidence that your inner imaginary world isn't I mean, it is imaginary by nature, but it isn't invalid. You know, it right. isn't just making up what you want to hear. You you discover that, no, there's part of us, the creative part of us that we all have that brings forth this imaginary stuff as a service. It's like, this is how your wisdom is being delivered to you from yeah. wherever. It doesn't matter what your spiritual beliefs are. It's, you know, there is something beyond. Some people believe in in just nature and the cosmos and other in a goddess or a god or a certain religion. That doesn't even matter. It's to, that you're tapping into this collective unconscious in some way. Oh, yeah, that collective part is huge. When we start to see, I think we forget that the people around us really do influence right, who we are. When we can see that modeled, when we can see like something similar that we are feeling inside, when we can see it outside of us, when we can start to almost validate our environment a little bit, we start to say like, oh, hey, you know what? Like, I see other people doing that. I see, I see other people doing fantastic things with stories and books or whatever that is. But we also learn that other people are trusting their intuition too. And that it's actually a skill that we build um, and we build back because we used to trust our tuition as kids all the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't give it a second thought to, right, jump in a mud puddle or right, even even walking or crawling or, or right, learning to use a spoon. We never even thought it was just that's, that's either what we saw people do um, or it just felt instinctive. And we didn't we didn't give it much thought. Uh, we didn't we didn't tag it with a right or a wrong. Um, and so I love this the 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 playground that you've developed for people to come together to say like let's just see what happens and then and let's talk about it. Let's get it outside of us so that we can see it and then we can start to trust it. We can start to build that relationship back with our intuition um, because it is so 
powerful. It's just so full of knowledge. Yeah, it also helps to see other writers and creatives having the same doubts that we do because we think, oh, so and so wrote a book, like she's got it all together. And like, then you see, you encounter them. And a lot of people, especially women and those who identify as female, a lot of us um, really are hardest on ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like we're yeah. self-critical, but if we see another person having that sort of same doubt or, and we've seen the quality of their work and we know that it's, it's, it's great and that they're such an interesting person and yet they have this doubt, we kind of can, it's a mirror, right? Yeah. So we can see, oh, you know, I can have doubt and I can still do great work and do things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not like we're trying to erase doubt from our lives. It tells us a lot of things, it tells us to pay attention. Right. It tells us what's important, because if we didn't, if we didn't have that strong connection, then it wouldn't matter. Right. We would just say, uh, you know, this isn't this doesn't impact me. Um, I don't need to birth a book um, or, or whatever that is, because it doesn't matter to me. Um, but when we start to kind of doubt ourselves a little bit, that's a little bit of a poke, I think, to from our bodies to say, hey, pay attention to this. This is really important stuff. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, when we think about um, this this going in a direction and oftentimes um, I see a lot of people um, in in my coaching and in career coaching and leadership coaching, but they put a lot of like, they're, they're investing a lot of who they are in the choice that they make. Mm-hmm. And so it is like, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, taking the right path or doing the right thing, because it really, it's really about me. It's not about a choice. And all of a sudden people become this product. Um, People become the choice, not a person making a choice. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that when people are creating or birthing something that's so big and personal to them, uh, like a book that they can really start to not just put their whole hearts in it, but they start to identify like, that's me. And if that thing fails, then I fail. Ooh, I love that question. Um, a lot of times when I say I'm a book my, midwife, people um, assume that I'm working with writers. And actually, I'm working with people who have a book idea or have some wisdom or a story to share who don't think they're writers yet. Like they oh, don't have yeah. they don't have the means to do it. That's what they need help with, right? So, so I even you know come up against people who will say I'm not creative. And I like to counter that by saying we're all creative. We might not be creative in the ways that our culture identifies as such, like a musician, a writer, mm-hmm. a painter. But yeah. we all create our own lives. We decorate our homes. We raise our children. We cultivate our careers. That's our creativity. So I like to advise people to use that creativity, tap into that innate creativity, and use that to write your own story, like your, the story of your life. So I think that gives people a little more um, empowerment, a little more agency to be like, oh, wait, I'm not just the person living in this story. I'm also creating it Mm. with these choices that you make, you know, you can then create how your story goes. And when you're really hung up on that, oh, my gosh, how is it going to go? Think about those choose your own adventure books that you mentioned. You know, when you're a kid and you're reading this, you know, you read, oh, I'll pick this one and like your character falls off a cliff. And then you're like, (laughs) wait a minute. No, I'm going back to page 100 and I'm going to choose a different path. And you can do that in life. 
it's not like you're making this, you know, irrevocable decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even in your career, you're not, yeah. people will say, oh, it's a certain way. And if you haven't done this by age XYZ, you're out. We see so many examples that show us that that's just not true. Yeah. Um, you know, there's yeah. always another choice that you can make to further your own story in the way you want it to be furthered. Yeah. And I often think too, especially around careers, I see a lot of people trying to predict the outcome or predict the to the to a T. And then as they're going through that book and through their careers and trying to put all of the pages into place and trying to put everything into place, it can get really, really frustrating because there's all these things that come up that maybe take us a little bit farther from that very specific goal that we had. And much like a choose your own adventure book, like we're not always sure, there's always choices that come up and we get to choose A or B. And so whatever we choose kind of can change that outcome a little bit. And to be kind of flexible in the sense of, I know how I want the book to feel, or I know how I want my career to feel, right? In five years or 10 years or whatever that looks like, but not be so attached to the exact word on the exact last page, right? Before you get to the end um, and to let it go a little bit so that there is more autonomy and that you're able to be flexible and really kind of relish in the writing of this story more than the accomplishment of finishing it. Yes. Yeah. The journey of being about yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Also in our Western modern culture, we're so identified with what we do for a living. You know, it's like a huge part of people ask you when they meet you, what do you do? You know, yeah. what do you? <laughs> and so, but there are other parts of our life that sometimes we can't see the, um, you know, what, it, what happened. We can't see it as a blessing until after the fact, maybe you lose a certain job or you don't get that promotion, but then you're able to spend more time with a child or with an aging parent or with someone who means something to you in a way that you wouldn't have been able to, if it had gone as you yeah. would like it to. So there's a lot of, you know, the story doesn't always, you don't always, know what's going to happen. Actually, that's kind of a secret of, of writing fiction is you have an idea as a fiction writer. Oh, I'm going to write this story and here's my character and you start writing. And sometimes the story, just the character takes you in a direction that you hadn't foreseen. And that's part of the magic of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, I have had the best conversation here today. Um, and uh, I would love for you to let our listeners know where the heck they can find you, um, that the meditation, do you offer that up? Can, can I put a link in the show notes? How does that all work, Nikki? Um, the best way to find me is at my website. So that's Nikki Starcatshields.com. Yep. And I also hang out on Instagram at Nikki Starcatshields and even TikTok. I've started playing around with TikTok, which oh, is fun. fun. So yeah, so um you can find me there. Um you on the website it'll tell you about my offerings, which include those parallel play dates oh, with the meditations, some retreats. I do virtual retreats and an in-person retreat in the summer here in Maine. Yeah. And then uh, I have a program. Uh, called The Sacred Path, which as a book midwife may not surprise you to discover that it's nine months long. So <laughs> <laughs> it may take a little longer to birth a book than a child, but we start with nine months and then we see how it goes. <laughs> I love that. It's fantastic. Um, so as we kind of wrap up our time together today, uh, Dinky, I'd love to know, like, what's your golden nugget from our conversation today? Yeah, I was writing down some some notes. I think the the 
there's two little like nuggets that stand out. One is that those doubts really tell us about what's important. I loved, you know, hearing you say that that way, because sometimes we think, oh, I'm, I have so much doubt. What's wrong with me? Yeah. But that's, it's a message like anything else. It's like a, a physical symptom often gives you a message about something important. Yeah. 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 I love that. And the other one was that as kids, we just trusted our intuition implicitly it's so true i remember being a little girl and you know i loved um reading and writing but i grew up in the countryside so i would just take a book and go out in the woods and read and then make up stories and play and yeah yeah i just followed that that thread that i'm now as an adult i think a lot of us are trying to recapture that right like yeah. okay wait a minute if i followed my intuition all the time and trust it where is it going to lead me yeah. Yeah. That question or that, that visualization is something Kim and I do in some of our workshops is like just getting back to like, who was I as a kid? Like, what did I like to do? Where was that, that joy that we found? And then how do we, or can we pull that through into the work that we do? And it can look all kinds of different ways, but there is a connection between like who we were before we got lost in our heads um, and what we want to be doing at work. Work because we do want to get out of our heads and we want to start feeling and really leading from our heart center, right? And really um, having energy return to us from the work that we do, not leave it all like guts on the floor. Like nobody wants that. Um, yeah. I love the, the, you know, as you're talking about the meditation and that, um, that whole idea of that, like the, this, this thing that lives in our heads that's really, really loud and the one that lives in our guts that's not so loud that they don't really understand each other, that there's a completely different language going on and that the interpreter is here. Yeah. And just that vision of having that interpreter as a child just like kind of blew my socks off because like as a kid, I think we are really, really smart. Like we really do know, right? We get back to that intuition piece and before the world got really confusing and influenced us, we do have such wisdom here and that to use that, to use our senses um, and able to help the two our two brains, right? Because our gut is our second brain, but to have our two brains start to like communicate, like the things we can do when we actually are listening to ourselves from our gut and not just listening to that voice in our heads. That was just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Okay, this is the, this is the reasoning behind my favorite. You want to hear my favorite writing tip? Yeah, absolutely. Don't try to write and edit at the same time. <laughs> because writing when you're drafting that creativity that's the flow that's with the the younger self and the deep self and editing is very much when talking self gets to do its best work which it's very critical and where's the comma and do it you know if yeah. you try to do them at the same time it's confusing and it doesn't work <laughs> yeah absolutely it's it's a lot sometimes to be able to put our take our ourselves almost off our heads right to turn that internal dialogue down a little bit um, when doing when doing something that's important um, and allowing the rest of us to to get a little louder. Um, I love that. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being my guest today, uh, Nikki. 
Uh, I just want to let everybody know that um, absolutely come, please check us out and give us, drop us a, an email and let us know if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast and our show here, um, or if you just have something you want to say. Uh, we are always open to comments, outbursts, um, anything you got. Uh, we love to hear it uh, around creating your own kick-ass career. Uh, next week, we have self-evaluation with our dear, dear friend, Jen Vertanen. And uh, I can't wait to uh, talk with Jen about that self-evaluation and how do we uh, use, again, more of our internal knowledge to get, um, to get where we need to go um, in whatever way that whatever way that looks. Um, so yeah, thank you so much um, for uh, riding it out with me. Uh, Kim, we miss you. Um, I hope everything is well um, in the province of Quebec uh, this fine day and uh, that you're doing all right. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thanks again, Nikki. Um, I just had a blast with you today and uh, really I can't nice. wait to connect with you offline because we're going to have a little play date, I think. Um, awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> thanks everyone and take care. Bye for now.